0: you're listening to the oh come on sports podcast with me natasha Come on! In! you're listening to the oh come on sports podcast come on in settle in get comfortable we are glad that you are here with us uh, al and natasha al you look comfortable you've got your hoodie on i was gonna really say it's good.
1: it's you know it's that uh, that I wish that was a beverage, by the way. It's just a bottle of water, but I really wish it was a beverage. And it won't be long until that will be a beverage. But no, it's it's one of those classic fall turning into winter days. It's gray and dreary and windy. Halloween decorations are flying around right outside. Um, yeah, so it's 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 it is a hoodie, hoodie kind of day, hoodie and blanket kind of day.
0: But is it snowing in Toronto the same way it is in Calgary right
1: say, now? Are you serious? It's snowing right oh, now. Oh, yeah.
0: Big fat flakes flying around outside. I don't think they're going to stick, but they're definitely there. So it's a little chillier here. But it was beautiful in Toronto this week. A couple days I was there. I saw you and I just saw each other, what, 28 hours ago or whatever in the flesh, which was nice. That's Um, right. But you had a couple nice days out there.
1: You know what? It was. There was a couple days where it was beautiful. I was actually on the golf course myself uh, on Wednesday. I wasn't golfing, but I was at a PGA of Canada. Uh, head pro championship tour event, so it was kind of nice yes. to hang out and see the real pros play golf. It's not, it's, have you ever? I mean, have you ever watched pro golfers? I'm sure you have, obviously. Um, how does it sound so different when the when they hit the ball versus when I hit the ball? like I, I mean, this a, that impact sound of when some of these pros and there was a few ladies there, which was amazing. Three lady pros participating as well, and I was watching some of them. Uh, some of them play as well. And remarkably, the sound is equally as kind of imposing when the ladies hit the ball as well. So I don't know what it is. I'm doing something wrong, obviously. I don't know if you have that sound, but there is a sound that it's, just, man.
0: Yeah, it's it's pure. I believe is the word that people that,
1: use. Is, that is your the word. it, it was You're
0: right. Pure. I've, I've had this conversation with one of my um, one of my. It sounds like I have a whole team of golf coaches, which I don't. But one yeah. coach, I remember one lesson we were talking about the sound of when you hit the ball and you know, by the sound, whether or not you hit it well, you can hear it almost before you can feel it. Right. Everything is in the sounds when Absolutely. you're hitting a golf ball. It's so weird, but
1: well, yeah. the consistency was the thing, right? Cause I, again, yes. I walked over to the range for a little bit just to, to watch some of them hit before they actually tee off. And you know, that sound was (laughs) repeated over and over and and (laughs) I'm I'm thinking, man, oh man, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool to, it's, it's just, it's so obvious the difference between, you know, a pro and you know those of us like me that duff around the course. And obviously there's a difference, but to actually quantify that difference by, you know, the sounds and and such, it was, it was actually really, really cool. But, but to your point, it was a beautiful day. I think it was like 15 degrees in Toronto, sunny. So, which is, you know, a, a nice, nice, nice fall day. Did you enjoy your time in Toronto?
0: Uh, I did, but now you're making me feel bad that I didn't golf or regretful that I did <laughs> because it was so beautiful on that Wednesday. Uh, but yeah, my time in Toronto was great. I was there, as you know. Uh, we were shooting another commercial for Come On. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Tuesday, Tuesday was a long day. You well, you've done that. You had done this before, right? You were there for the first commercial, so you know what these days are like.
1: I do, but I also know that it's a lot different me sitting on the couch over there eating a sandwich and watching you guys do the real work. Um and I can attest to the fact that it's a long day. And for I mean, for for you know, you guys as the talent, you and the other actors, uh I, I didn't ever I didn't actually realize until the first shoot we did how how much waiting around there is and how many, like how many times they do shots and how many times there's this angle and that angle, and I'll move this light over here and that over there. And I mean, obviously it's a, uh, it's it's a, it's a pretty big production, but to see it firsthand was pretty cool, but yeah, I mean, you do a lot of waiting around, right. You get all dolled up and snazzed up and then you've got to just sit there for an hour or two. So, um, but you must be used to it by now.
0: Well, no, I know. I mean, I think that's where the phrase "hurry up and wait" comes from, or where you can apply it to. Right? You're just like, hurry yes. ready, wait, get ready, get ready, and then you're just like waiting, waiting. But no, I'm not used to it. I mean, when I worked at TSN, there was you're kind of on the whole like you're working, you're getting ready for the show, you're researching, you're writing, and then you're on, and it, it's a way different flow than than acting or in my case, trying to act. In
1: <laughs> you did great. You did uh, amazing. I think that I'm I'm excited to see that in full production soon because it was uh, it was really it was really good you, you did an amazing job
0: I don't know about that but thank you very much I mean it was a fun day everyone um everybody's a pro out there which is good they try and make things go as easy as as possible we had a dog on set I don't think you were there for that yeah. were you, there for you
1: that? know what I bailed actually I had a couple of meetings to get into so I did tape off in the afternoon but I did hear about Max the only dog in Toronto who will not Play tug of war. Apparently, is that is that you have to tell us a story about Max. Actually. I've heard tidbits of of the story of Max the dog on set.
0: Yes, it was quite uh, it was quite a moment, I would say. Uh, so Max was the dog. Max was supposed to come on set and wrestle with one of the actresses over a shoe, over a slippery. Like play a little tug of yeah. war, as dogs okay. often do, right? Like they like, sure. bring, like shoes or things or whatever. So the sure. scene was for them to tussle. So the trainer brings the dog and then we explain the scene and the trainer says, well, the dog's been trained not to play tug of war. (laughs) Like that's what the dog doesn't want to do. So which, what, what dog is, does want to play tug of war, I guess. Right. Well, so, I
1: mean, <laughs> you could probably go out to the dumpster and find a dog that would want to play tug of war with you, right? Exactly. I mean.
0: <laughs> right. So we have this beautiful trained dog who's trained to do not do what we want the dog to do. So awesome. it was a little bit um, challenging trying to get the scene done. The dog is <laughs> getting a little uh, impatient there was barking (laughs) we kind of had to improvise because the poor dog was just not having any of it max and i do not blame max at all so i think it'll work i think we have enough um footage different angles blah blah. make it work but yeah dogs and babies i guess are the real challenge on set right babies would cry dogs i'm sure bite you i suppose so maybe babies it'll be easier but (laughs)
1: You but no nice. shade, no shade to Max, though, right? No, no. shade to
0: Max. Max was yeah, no, a Max not. was a, a pro.
1: Max came in and, and represented. Was Max the most difficult coworker you had in the commercial? That's a very that's a very interesting question, isn't it? And put on the spot yes. a little bit. Unfortunately,
0: yes. Max was difficult to work with, but again, not his fault. That just wasn't his thing. He didn't want to wrestle for the shoe. Like he'd been trained not to. <laughs> So poor Matt was put in a was put in a tough position, like we said, not right. his fault. But uh, his fault. yeah, I think the commercial went right. over overall went well. You said something at the beginning, and I was going to comment about it, and I've lost my train of thought. Oh. And, I can't get it back and I keep waiting for it to come, but that's not good when you're doing a podcast. and You have to keep going. So it's gonna it's gonna jump earlier.
1: into it's gonna jump into your brain very 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 soon. I'm sure. But, um, yes. One thing we did get a chance to do was go see a CPL game, right? A Canadian we Premier League game, and go see the Hamilton Forge. Um, play against Montreal FC, I believe, in a Canadian Championship Series game. What did you think? Was that your first Canadian Premier League game?
0: That was my first CPL game. Uh, it was great. I just loved being back at a sporting event. To be honest, it was great. I mean, it was a night. It was that same night we we're talking about. this beautiful out. Um, lots of chances in the soccer game. It was great. I thought uh, Forge were going to win, and no, they lost in the shootout, which went what, like ten rounds, twelve, yeah, amount of rounds. Well,
1: it got to the point where the goalies were shooting on each other. Yes. They had to have the goalies shoot on each other, right? Which I thought was a pretty cool twist. Uh, but what an exciting game! I mean, it's, that's what you asked yeah. for, right? I mean, you, you got to ask for that kind of energy and passion. The Forge really played, uh, outplayed Montreal, especially for most of the regular time. But totally. unfortunately, in uh, in penalties, didn't go the Forge way. But it was it was a, it was a great game to watch. It was nice to hang out and see it uh, see it with you as well.
0: Yeah, it was too bad the uh, hometown crowd went home sad went home without a without a win because you're right Forge they were they definitely dominated that game so uh yeah not the outcome they wanted but it was like I said it was great to go it was fun to be back at a sporting event and I'm only hoping that Edmonton will be as balmy on November 12th when I go for the
2: Canada Costa
0: Rica game and like tickets that are basically up on the moon so I'm hoping for good weather like but that. that's
1: always where the most fun fans are, right? That's where all the, totally. the most, uh, maybe not fun, the most entertaining fans, yep. right? The ones that are a little bit eh, had a few beers before the game, possibly, are always up there in the fun section. So I'm sure you're going to have a blast, and you're going to have a whole bunch of stuff to talk about on the podcast, um, yes. right? So, and, and when is that game? Game's end of November, I think, isn't it? That's Something like
0: that? uh, November 12th, the Friday. November I think 12th, it is. okay. I think cool. it's the 12th. Yeah, so not that far away, actually. So I, I, I am. I'm really looking forward to that game. So, so yeah. Um, what else is going on? Football. Football is what is going on. Um, not are you case. sure you,
1: are you sure you want to talk football? We are getting, you had a bit of a tough run the last couple of weeks, right? Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm getting annoyed. So that's why I want to jump into this right now. because <laughs> Get off the schneid. I need to end the streak. I need to start a new one and i gotta turn things around to use as many cliches as i can
1: and that was quite a few right there good job um so besides the pumpkin spice lattes have you been uh have you been paying up on the burpee side of things as well have yeah. you really been committing to these to these burpees yeah
0: yeah i just posted a video on instagram about the burpees and the pumpkin spice lattes and how i'm losing everywhere i mean the burpees I could use the burpees, so I'm okay with that. Like, it's good sure. to be exercising, but they are a little annoying. I just don't like losing. And yeah. by the like, I don't want to owe you a whole Starbucks franchise by this time. You know, <laughs> season ends, and that's the way we're going right now, right? Or the package deal? What you were supposed to like come up with? You know, five lattes equals what?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm still working on that. So I'll let okay. you know. That. Right. There's a whole conversion strategy I'm putting together. It's got <laughs> spreadsheets. It's got flow diagrams. So it's it's a little bit complicated. But I'm working on the assumption I'm. I'm going to Be about 25 lattes up fairly, you know, but fairly uh, oh, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Uh, did you watch the game last night at all? Let's start yes. there. Did you watch? Did you? Yeah, okay. Um, what'd you think? Like Aaron uh, Rodgers, right? It, it's
0: man, oh man. I was gonna ask you that. I wish we had, I wish we had uh bet on that game because I would have bet the Packers for sure. It was a great game. I mean, it was I'm I'm disappointed it didn't go into overtime. I was pumped for yes. overtime, like, here we go, yes. like make yes. the catch, and then all of a sudden AJ Green. I don't know what happened there. Turned the wrong way. Don't know what he Whatever was doing. Yeah, happened, and that was it. Um, but yeah, great. another really good Thursday nighter.
1: yeah, you know what? I guess I would so you were on the Packers, right? I guess I'm that that sucker better, right? because i was I was on the uh, I was on the Cardinals last night. I thought, really? I remember seeing I remember seeing the line at six and a half, and I remember also hearing about the receivers for the Packers, and I have Devont Adams in my fantasy team, so I felt doubly motivated by you know trying to trying to make this up. Um, and then so I bet it at six and a half, and then about an hour later, about an hour before game time, it was went down to six. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, man, like I, the, the the lines moving. In. If I think the Cardinals are going to win, it's moving in the direction I wanted to. So I bet again at at, at six, and oh. I I would say about. 15 minutes into that game by the end of the first quarter you could kind of tell that man the Packers look they look like the better team uh, in the run of the ball like crazy rogers is you know he's he's yeah he's, he played a really impressive and kind of adaptive game right he just the little dumps and dinks over to the running backs into the tight ends and stuff and uh it was it was very impressive to watch but i mean i thought the cardinals i don't know i, I they really stunk it up to be honest with you on the offensive side of the ball they just they really couldn't it you know, couldn't do much, right? This whole air raid offense, and uh, it just was non existent. So, yeah. good call. Good. Call. I'm glad we didn't bet because well, I, I, w- I would have lost that one for sure.
0: I mean, you weren't wrong, obviously, to be betting for the cards with the Packers without all those receivers, right? But Aaron Rodgers, like you said, dumping it off. He, he, was, he was adaptive, and the Cardinals were kind of flat. So, so there you go. But uh, we can talk about this all we want. We didn't bet, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I- Let's talk about the Patriots and Chargers. Oh, Patriots!
1: Is that the game you? Is that the game you're thinking this weekend? Okay, That's so that is in uh in, in in LA, right? So the it Chargers is. are at home, and I'm looking at the most updated line on ComeOn.com here, and it's uh, the Chargers are currently a minus four right now, so a four point favorite at home. I would love to know what side of this game you're on, and more importantly, I'd love to know why you're on that side.
0: Okay. First of all, I'm on the patriot side because I'm stubborn and okay. I love upsets. You know, they just had that huge win over the Jets. I don't know if I believe in momentum or not, but I think they might have a little bit. I Bill Belichick is already kind of like throwing out compliments about Justin Herbert, like trying to get into the quarterback's head. Which I mean. Belichick has a great track record against rookie quarterbacks, which Herbert is not a, you know, he's not a rookie anymore. He's obviously but a young a
1: quarterback, sure. older. He's a little
0: wiser, but he's younger. And I'm not a smart better. We already know that. So I just <laughs> want to say, if I want to get off the snide, I want to do it with like pizzazz and, and fires. and like, look like a big okay. win. So for the okay. Patriots to win their underdogs, That'd be an awesome way to get off this losing
1: streak. And you you got four points to work with, which is always helpful. Right. And I think look, the Patriots have some really, uh, really good trends. Like the the quarterback, I think is really is, obviously is is playing a lot better. So I, I, I was just reading stuff earlier today. And so the Patriots are in the last two games are eight for eight in the red zone. So every time they get to the red zone, they're actually, they're scoring. They're scoring points, which is really important, right? Especially in, uh, in an offense that's predicated on kind of running backs and, uh, and, and tight ends. And I think, I think the quarterback, I think Mac Jones, you're really seeing a progression. I think he is, uh, for the first time, uh, he had an interceptionless game last game. So he had three interceptions against, I think it was the Saints two weeks ago. And then he had one last week. Sorry, not one two weeks ago and then none last week. So he's kind of moving in the right direction, taking care of the ball, scoring when they need to score. Uh, So all signs point to potentially a good performance by the Patriots. But all that being said, I think the Chargers are going to roll over the Patriots. Like, I mean, two touchdown kind of. Yeah. Oh. You know what? I, listen, I'm a firm, I, listen, I, I'm a firm, but I'm a little biased. I'm a firm believer in the chargers. Uh, I think they're scary good and they're scary undervalued and they're always undervalued, right? Cause maybe they don't get as much TV time being on the West coast or whatever it is. And they just stunk up the joint uh, against Baltimore two weeks ago. Nice. Uh, I think they lost 34 to six, but then they're all coming off a bye week. Yep. At home, Justin Herbert, that offense is pretty impressive. Um, if you were giving me – and this is where my kind of novice betting tendencies come in here – if you were giving me 10 points on the Chargers, I think I would take the Chargers still. But I will happily take the Chargers at four points for a pumpkin spice latte uh, against against your Patriots plus four.
0: Okay. Well – I don't know why you don't do seem that. as
1: confident anymore. What what, what happened? <laughs> no, the I, shoulders I'm... are slumped and the head is down. What happened? What, what's going on? You were so confident
0: about the painting <laughs> no, before. No, I am just as confident as I was before, which is to say, not very much. Because <laughs> again, like I said, I'm a stupid better, and uh, I know this might not go well, but I'm stubborn and I want oh. to win with a bang. So even stupider is that I went online. Like I told you, I'm going to check it right now. I went on Instagram. Okay. And I put out my dilemma to some of my followers and asked them to give me advice. Okay. And who should I pick? The Chargers or the Rams? So as of 2.22 Mountain Time on Friday, the poll is telling me 70 per- 70% of people are saying I should pick the Chargers and not uh, the Patriots. Really? And yes. Can I
1: be honest with you? I don't love that as a, as a person who picked the chargers. I don't love that. There's a concept in betting called the wisdom of the crowd, which typically is counterintuitive meaning the wisdom of the crowd typically isn't wisdom at all. So I would much rather have fans who are not necessarily people who are not necessarily into sports betting and sports fans on the Patriots in this scenario. But listen, wow. I, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to ride with, I'm going to ride with your follower base and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, yeah. So So I I think in terms of public opinion, I I would say you're in a favorable position right now, being uh, the team that is perceived to be the, to be, you know, to be the underdog. So we'll see.
0: I don't know if, I mean, like you said, my, my followers, they're they're a diverse group. I think I don't, (laughs) I don't know. I should trust them. There's a few that I wish would just go away, but, um, We're not going to get into that, but yes, you make a good point. Actually. You're right. I don't, these people, maybe they don't know what they're talking about. I don't know. I'm just assuming they're NFL fans, but they're just, they just like hitting buttons on Instagram. Who knows? But maybe, but,
1: but maybe they do. Maybe you have, you know, some sports betting savant there who likes to bake and play golf as well. And it just, you know, has, has some input and saying, look, you know, the, the uh the charges are where to be. So we'll see though. It's gonna I think it's gonna be a great game either way, right? I think the fact that it's like a I think that game opened up at opened up at three and then moved to four um in terms of uh in terms of the, the point spread. So a little bit of money came in on the charges over the course of the week. But I think anytime you get a you know a point spread now typically in NFL games I think I mentioned this before the home team typically accounts for four to four and a half points. Uh mm-hmm. and just being at home gives you that four and a half points. So that being said, if you account for that four points in this game you know, bookmakers are saying these teams are pretty even, right? They're, they're pretty yes. much even. And, and the difference is the home field advantage. So uh, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be totally shocked if the Patriots won, but I really am a firm believer in teams playing at home, coming off the bye uh, against other teams that are traveling across the country. I you know, There's a recipe in there somewhere that, uh, that I think is a, is a big win for the Chargers, but let's see. I am. I have been known to be wrong many, many times. So we'll see how it works out next week.
0: Okay. Well, you make some good arguments. Um, okay. Let's lock this in. So, in order for me to win this bet, the Patriots yes. have to win by four points.
1: No, they have to not lose by more than four points. So. See, I if, don't like
0: that. I just want. I just. I want to put my money on the Patriots winning. Full
1: stop. But even, no, but no, but it's even better for you, right? So that means they they actually can not lose, and you'll still win.
0: So, I don't like that. That's like, that's you
1: do like that? No. <laughs> so, again, there's two types of bets, right? Well, there's multiple types of bets, but there's a couple of primary ones. And one would be a side uh, against the, or the points, as you would call it, uh, which takes into account a point spread, which effectively normalizes the two teams, right? Makes them even. Uh, or there is the money line that just says, I think the Patriots are going to win. Okay, so how about this? Let's, how about this? We gotta keep this? this
0: simple for me over here.
1: Well, then you know what? I'm gonna give you some odds. Then how about this? If the Patriots win, it's worth two pumpkin spice lattes, and if the Chargers win, it's worth one. That way, you're getting okay. the odds, and you're, you're you're getting some value for picking the underdog. How's that? How's that sound?
0: Okay, I like that.
1: Done. Let's do it. Great Lock it in.
0: The Patriots, and I win. Yeah. Two pumpkin, two pumpkin spice lattes. Okay.
1: Yeah. Great. Two, Two come off the running total that we currently have, and, correct? Yes. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, any any other games that you're interested in this weekend at all? I know we have a lot to talk about, but any other games that, that are piquing your interest, or is that the one that's really kind of because uh, there's a lot of fun hockey stuff going on this weekend as well, and a lot of fun, a lot of fun hockey talk to be had as well. What well, any other football games you want to you want to chat about?
0: I think I think I'm putting all of my energy and focus into that one. And all not right. Alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there is there is some fun hockey. There is also some not so fun hockey going on. (laughs) To be honest, like I, I'm a huge hockey fan. You know this. I love watching it. I love covering it, but man, was it a hard week to be a hockey fan. I just, this, I'm finding it harder and harder to give this league the benefit of the doubt or make excuses for some of the things that have gone on when it comes to, obviously we're talking about the culture of hockey and some of the yep, yep. racist incidents that have happened and homophobia and the hazing that has gone on in junior hockey, which I just find deplorable. I just don't understand that. And now we have this um, situation at the NHL level. I mean, you've, I'm sure you watched the video, Kyle, Absolutely. Um, revealing that he uh, was sexually abused uh, by, what's the guy's name? I forget the guy's name. The video coach, yeah. Aldridge, yeah. Chicago yeah. in 2010. And now, you know, and it seems like the Hawks tried to cover it up and now here we are. All <laughs> the out. Anyways, it just sucks. It just, it's so ugly to see all this happening. And I just don't know how it gets to that point where you want to win so badly that you're willing to ignore that. I don't get it. I don't
1: know either. Uh, you know, I know I was going to – we often talk about bonehead moments or in the oh-come-on moment of the week, but even that's kind of in a, in, in a joking fashion. This is so far beyond that. Like This is sexual assault, right? This is yeah. criminal behavior that should be punished as such, uh, and it should be done immediately. There's no excuse. Um, I know we're not a political – I'm not a political person necessarily. I have opinions, of course, but, uh, but yeah, that is – I couldn't agree more about the culture. And it's not just hockey. It's, there's, there's, it's in sports. But, yeah. I mean, this is sure. hockey now, and we're talking about hockey for now. But, um, you know, these positions, yeah, it's, I, I, I don't know. It's a, it, it's a disgusting, horrible situation. Uh, I'm glad um, there has been some action being taken, but it doesn't even seem like now there's not enough being that action having been taken, right? there's still There still seems to be some set of rules for some people and other sets of rules for other people. And it just seems a little, I don't, I don't necessarily understand right. it um, or understand what the NHL is thinking, right? Yeah. But I'm not an expert. I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't claim to be an expert. I know we do have. Somebody who is much more of an expert on this than, uh, than me coming up today.
0: Yeah, we're, we're going to talk to Craig Button. We'll bring him in right away, and I'm sure he'll have lots of opinions about this. But you're right. I mean, it's an unprecedented sort of situation that we're dealing with, right? So it's, I don't know if it fascinating is the right word, but it's interesting to I understand, see how yeah, interesting unfolding and who's culpable and who can you blame and, and how far up the food chain this went and the NHLPA. look like, what the hell did they do like on and on and on and on and on so anyways we will get into this with Craig obviously but yeah there's some good hockey stories too that I would like to Absolutely. talk about as well so um I think Craig is probably Standing by soon. So let's Craig Button is now my neighbor. He lives or I should say I'm no, neighbor now. Oh yeah, really? we both live in Calgary. I'm just like a few blocks well, like five minutes away from Craig. We go for coffee and stuff. So no yeah, that cool. he's coming on. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool.
1: I actually thought you were gonna be on here uh bragging and boasting about the Edmonton Oilers being five and one and Nah. Uh, and the Calgary Flames being five and one, and the Leafs not being five and one, and the Leafs barely be able to put the puck in the net. And I'm gonna have a lot of fun questions for Craig as well, and just asking what the hell is wrong with the Leafs. But yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's very exciting that Craig is gonna be on here. It's always fun to get uh, an expert, an insider kind of opinion, right, on, uh, yeah. on what's happening in the uh, in the NHL.
0: All right, here is a longtime NHL executive, a current TV analyst, and my neighbor now <laughs> is Craig Button. Craig, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for doing this.
2: Oh, it's my pleasure, Natasha. And you know, you're in the foothills. You're in the foothills of Alberta, right? And yes. uh, You know, a little bit of snow coming into the area, but I'll tell you what, you know, in February, there's going to be a Chinook come through. We're, we're going to get this nice 15 degree weather and sunny and we'll be able to tell the rest of the country, Hey, yep. <laughs> I movie. am so
0: pumped for these Chinooks, right? Like, I mean, I, I, in Edmonton, I feel like we get warm like that once in a while, but not a total Chinook like, like they have in Calgary. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to, I just read this. Apparently there's some, the Northern lights are coming out tonight. I don't know if you guys saw like a week ago, they were out like crazy and some, there's some sort of signal or something's happened in the atmosphere where everyone is saying, if you stay up tonight between the hours of three and six and go outside, there's supposed to be some huge Northern Lights show. Which, Al, I don't think you guys get that in Southern Ontario ever. There were no Northern Lights in Toronto. No, ever.
1: just the ones just, just the ones on King Street West from the restaurants <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, that's one of the Northern Lights I really know of. Yeah, that's, that sounds amazing. That's on my bucket list, FYI. To, see, yeah. to get a real view of the Northern Lights, like up in Iceland or wherever you have to go to see it, that's that's near the top of my list.
2: Well, I I can tell, I mean, number one, hopefully there's no clouds because the northern lights could be going on above the clouds. So if the clouds is, but I was in a place called Rovindiemi. It's in Finland and it cuts, uh, it cuts, the, the Arctic Circle cuts right through it. This is probably about 20 years ago. And we went on a sleigh ride, and, you know, in the winter. And wow. they had, and they had the, the, you know, the nice warmth and, you know, they had some, uh, some liquid beverages that were, that were quite enjoyable <laughs> and they took us out about 10 30, 11 o'clock at night. Spectacular. It, yeah, like, really? and, it, and we were probably out for about two hours and it felt like there was two minutes. It was just, it, it was one of those to say it was eye catching. I, I, I think that's, that would be a normal word, but, but you were awestruck by, yeah. by what was happening.
0: Such a cool phenomenon. I, I might actually get up tonight, but you're right about the clouds. we got to keep an eye on the clouds. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty crappy out there right now, but um, um, I don't really know how to segue Craig from Northern lights to what's going on with the Chicago Blackhawks right now. So I'm just going to jump right into it. But Al and I were talking about it just a little bit before you came on just what uh, an awful situation it is on so many levels What's this week been like for you just seeing this unfold? You've been involved with hockey for so long. What is it like for you to watch this? And what is your take on, on the culture right now in hockey?
2: Yeah. And, and you know, this is uh, a time when, when you look at the work that was done by Rick Westhead and others to bring this to light, the, the independent report, I, I, there was two things. You, you read the independent report and, you know, uh, it it, it, is, it is disturbing to read through it. And there's no other way to put it. Then you watch Kyle Beach. And, you know, it, it was emotional. It was raw. And to me, Kyle was so poised and so articulate in talking about, he talked about the hockey world and we'll get into the culture about this in, in, in a second. But he talked about the hockey world, but he also talked about the world. And all I can think about, is you have this young player whose dreams have been to to be in the NHL. He's a high first-round draft pick. And, you know, as as parents, you're trying to tell somebody, you know, go and if something goes wrong, go to the people and tell them. He did everything that you would would want a young person, a 20-year-old. Keep in mind, he had just come from junior hockey to, to this big, big world of the Chicago Blackhawks. And he gets sexually assaulted. He does everything right and trusts that those people will act. And they didn't. And I mean, and, and, and then to hear him talk about the guilt he had in not being able to come forward and that maybe he could have prevented uh, further sexual assault. I mean, you, you know, there's a there's been consequences, deserved consequences. But the consequences for Kyle Beach and the young boy that was assaulted in 2013, those are consequences nobody should ever have to go through. So whatever the consequences are for Joe Quenville and Stan Bowman and John McDonough and Al McIsaac and others, <laughs> your consequences are, are, are nothing compared yeah. to, to the pain and, and the guilt. And so, you know, you, you watch. So now it becomes incumbent upon us to impress that. And, and I said this. In an interview, they asked me, "What would you tell a young person or somebody going through this?" I said, "Well, you know, the things you would say is report it, go to your go go to the authorities, go to the people that can help you." But I wouldn't stop there, and I would say, "Tell more than one person, tell people outside your organization. Make sure because you, you can tell somebody and you can trust, but until the culture." and I'll go back to the hockey culture now shows that they're unequivocally going to handle these things. Don't trust it. Don't trust it. Go outside and, and whatever that is, you know, uh, go to the law enforcement. If it's a sexual assault, don't say, Oh, we'll handle it. No, you make a report to the police. And as hard as that is to do, that's what I would tell anybody going through this because the hockey culture hasn't earned, hasn't earned the right to, uh, Uh, to to have uh, unabridged faith that they'll handle it Mm -hmm. and we've seen this and you know we can is it a reckoning is it I don't know was it a reckoning when we've heard about previous things we we, we think so the actions are are, are not following the words and that's a big problem it is, you you're totally
0: right in that he did everything right. Like you have this young kid, 20 years old, who's taking on this organization, this story to organization, the Chicago Blackhawks, and you think people are going to protect him, but not even the NHLPA, the, the team counselor. He didn't even get support from them. Like, how do you fix that?
2: Well, I I, I think the first thing is, is you get different leadership. Uh, that's what the Chicago Blackhawks have done. You hold people accountable. I mean, it, if we go to the if we go to the part with the NHLPA, Kyle saw that the, that the, uh, the, the assailant uh, you know, was working for USA hockey, working with young people again. And he had his agent phone the NHLPA to tell them, listen, you you need to be aware of this." And, and they had reported it the year before. I mean, Kyle was still trying to help. And the PA did nothing. And you know I, I, I'm a believer. Okay, let, let's see where the facts lead us. We know what the allegations are, but if the facts lead us to the fact that they did nothing, which is certainly appears to be the case, there needs to be new leadership. Dolphier can't keep his job, just like John. While well, John McDonough was already out, just like Stan Bowman, just like uh, Joel Quenville. No, when, when, when you're in a leadership position like that and you fail at a level that uh, to that extent where further criminal activity uh be, be, you know became known i mean the the assailant was convicted and you know the pain that other people are going through to have to deal with this no you, you, it doesn't and it nothing matters what you've done before that you're dealing with this action right now or in this case inaction and that's the that's the that's the price they need to pay and it again i'm going to say it one more time it, 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 the price that they're paying is so minuscule compared to the price that Kyle Beach paid and the, and the young 16 year old uh, 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 person that was assaulted in Michigan have paid.
0: How much blame do you think should be put on the players at that time? I know there's been a lot of heat put on Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, Duncan Keith. Uh, why didn't they step up? Why didn't say anything? Why didn't they say anything? That I think people forget sometimes are forgetting maybe that like Patrick Kane. I think they were 22 and 21 at the time. Taves and Kane, so they were not much older than Kyle Beach. They're younger players in the system as well. Do you blame them for not saying anything? What What are your thoughts on on what their role is in all of this?
2: Well, so, so what I would say is is this, okay? And it, it, it is it Kyle Beach when he uh, went? to uh, express this assault, he never went to the players. So I don't know how the players can be accountable for it. Right, there's a lot, we don't know what they know, we don't know they need to know it. If if, if he went in and said to all the players, listen, here's what happened to me and they did nothing, then we can hold them accountable. But, you know, and and did they know? I mean, Cal Beach says, uh, I believe they knew. Uh, Brent Sopel, Nick Boynton have have said, everybody knew, okay that's that's one case. I mean one thing that that kyle said that i thought again just speaks to the maturity and the intelligence through this is he said i, I believe they knew there's a big difference between saying i believe they knew and saying oh they knew because right. one is, is and so i see where kyle's at but it wasn't incumbent uh when i say incumbent that, that's the wrong word to use you know it wasn't under their domain of authority or, or responsibility to go and report that number one, he, he didn't express it to them. Did they know? What did they know? When did they know it? could they have done something? I, I I think, yes. The answer, if you knew, I mean, Nick Boynton, Brent Sopel has come out with a statement where he said he he encouraged, uh, you know, you got to go talk to this person. You got to go talk to that person. Right. But there's a lot of people that we can point the finger at and say they didn't do enough when we go through the report, uh, and, and who was responsible. Uh, I I don't think it's, I I don't think it's appropriate to hold the players accountable. When I say from a, from a responsibility point of view, from the, now I will say this, some of the comments I've heard, some of the statements I've read, uh, from, from, from the people that were involved in this, I, I don't know who's advising them. I don't know if they're not getting any advice or not, but yeah. it, it is as poor and as and, and, and as bad as it, as it can be. Because again, it doesn't matter what they've done. It matters what happened in this particular case. And it was complete inaction and failure by the people that were there. So when I read the comments by Joel Quenville and Kevin Shovel Dayoff and hear the comments from Jonathan Taze and, and, and Patrick Kane, I mean, you're talking about a, about a complete uh, failure to represent yourself and to represent, uh, you know, the victim and, and, and what went on in, in, in a meaningful way. Then have failed again. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It makes it that much worse. Some of those comments are not worth the paper that they're written on, like the statements. It's, it's a little bit absurd, which... I feel like makes it seem like it's that much more of a cover up. Like they're just so worried about getting blamed and that they knew that they are, they're just like, they don't even know what to say right now and everything they're saying is just wrong and not good enough.
2: Well, let me me ask you this. So Kevin shovel Dayoff, who, who Gary did not assess any punishment to says, I want to express my gratitude to the national hockey league. Right. Can you imagine? Can you imagine a convicted killer saying, "I want to express my gratitude to the to to the judge <laughs> like, for for I hearing know. my case." Like like it it is it is beyond bad. It is beyond bad. Joel Quenville, I want to learn. Learn what? What do you want to learn, Joel? You know my share? No, 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 Joel. He was your direct report. He was your direct report. You, you, your share? How about we put it all on you? Mm-hmm. You know, sorry they have failed utterly and completely in these statements and Jonathan Tays and, and talking about Stan was good to me. Well, guess what, Jonathan, you know who he wasn't good to. He wasn't good to Cal beach. And that's what matters right here. And you know, and I, you know, you're 21 and 22. Great. Well, guess what? You've had the benefit now of a lot of experience and growing up and maturing and everything. And this is what you come out with. Yeah. Epic. The, the, the inaction by the Chicago Blackhawks and, 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 and leaders w- w- was was an epic fail. I can t- I I I believe Jonathan K- Tays has had an epic fail that Joel Quenville and Kevin Shovel Day off in their statements, epic fails. Yeah. Okay, I'm getting all upset about this. Yeah. It <laughs> is upsetting though, Natasha. It is upsetting. It is. It is. And, and we should be upset. And you know, what you asked me earlier about the hockey culture, right? And everything, and like hockey culture is a microcosm of society, but we can't fix everything in in society, we can fix you know, the hockey culture and who's going to take responsibility for fixing it. And it's not about manuals and it's not about policies. It's about actions and it's about saying this is how we're going to proceed and this is what you can count on. And we're going to demonstrate that and show that in every way, shape or form. And and there's a lot of parts to that. And I, I, I'm not going to sit here and profess that I have all the answers. I have ideas just like you have ideas and others have ideas, but enough, enough of you know, the hey, yeah, we're gonna move in the right direction. I mean, I mean, the NHL sends out a memo yesterday to the teams on policy saying that if you see anything unlawful, please contact Gary Bettman or Bill Daly. No. And Alan Walsh, the agent, said you report it to the police, you report it to the to the law authorities, not to Gary Bettman and Bill Daly. Like, how bad is that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we were talking before you came on just some of the like the the racism, uh, homophobia, yes. and the, the hazing that goes on in junior. Some of those things that I find just I don't understand how some of those things happen. And I don't you, I mean, there is no easy fix. I don't even know where to start with this, but I'm tired of I can't give this league the benefit of the doubt anymore. Like it just sucks with the way things have happened. And it doesn't seem like they're actually trying to fix any of it.
2: Well, and and, and so again, that goes back to inaction. Your words can say, oh yeah, we're we're committed. Well, show me, show me what your commitment is. Show me what you're doing to to move forward. And, you know, we can't make big leaps all the time, but we can take small steps. Just show me what the small steps are. And again, like, how can you continue to have faith in a system that we know is broken? We know what's broken, and number two is not looking to fix the broken system. We need a summit. We there a <laughs> summit for it, right? Like this is where you actually need a summit. Like that other stuff,
0: anyways. Okay, enough. Let's let's talk about let's talk about some good stories, I guess, or some actual. Let's talk about the, what's happening on the ice. I uh, I guess I'll put it that way. um the oil. I don't, even, I don't even talk about the Oilers because they're just cruising along fine I'm more curious about the Flames how did the Flames just sweep that road trip in your opinion I didn't see that coming
2: well I, you know a lot of people didn't see it coming and, and fair enough you go and win five games in a row I don't care where you're playing but when you go and play in five games on the road you give up seven goals that's pretty impressive and you know based on how they finished last year based on how they were starting the season uh, with the loss to Edmonton and then the overtime loss to Anaheim there's every Reason to okay, okay. They win one, they win two, they win three. But you know what I would say? They they have good players and and they have a really top notch coach. And a top notch coach, coaching will will get you the results you deserve. If you have average coaching, you're going to get average results. If you have really good coaching, you get really good results. That doesn't guarantee championships or anything, but you're going to be able to maximize the potential of your team. That's what Daryl Sutter has done. You know. Uh, And Natasha, you know, the Battle of Alberta is one that that was born in the 80s and it was fantastic, and you you know, even into the 90s. And then, you know, one team fell off, the Calgary Flames, and then the uh, Edmonton Oilers fell off. This will be great. This will be great for Mm -hmm. the Battle of Alberta because Edmonton is a good team and Connor McDavid is the best player on the planet. And, you know, it's fun to to think about a, a, a real rivalry, where, where, where teams on any given night can, can beat the other team. That's what that, that and that creates the suspense and the excitement with the fan base. Yep, that's what you want. They're both uh at the top of the standings now. So I hope they can both keep it rolling, yeah. to
0: be honest. Um Al is a big Leaf fan. He's a little bit concerned oh. about his squad over there, but they made a huge signing just a few hours ago which I think is pretty good. Al, I don't know. Are you, are happy? You're set. Where are you? a
1: frustrated Leaf fan over here. Um, I, I think it's a great, I think it's a good signing. but I'm definitely not the expert. Craig, are, what do you think about the Morgan rallies? I mean, it seems a problem is they can't put the fuck in the net, right? I mean, um, how do they address that? I'm, I'm seeing something like what? 16 goals, four in eight games or something like two goals a game. That's probably not going to cut it. What do you think the problem is?
2: Well, what I would say, too, when, when uh, Natasha says that you're a frustrated Leafs fan and you call yourself a friend, are there any other kind? Oh. Like I, 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 didn't other com- I didn't know there's any other kind. I didn't know there's not a frustrated Leafs fan. Every Leafs fan I've ever met is a frustrated Leafs fan. So, you know, yeah. you know it's, a, it's like that's the way it goes. I, I love Morgan Riley. I, I, I think that Morgan Riley made a decision that Toronto is where he wants to be. Uh, because I don't think there's any doubt that he knew, and we all realize that uh, on an open market, he could have made a lot more money. But this is where he wants to be, and uh, I I, I think he's a terrific player. I don't think the way he plays the game skates, and I don't think you're going to see a fall off in his game. So for the Toronto Maple Leafs to keep uh, a real important player uh, in multiple ways in in their group, I I think is fantastic news. Now, the the Toronto Maple Leafs have got a lot of talent. And I think what we got to be careful with, Al, is it was less than two weeks ago that they played a phenomenal game against the uh, New York Rangers, and mm-hmm. the goaltender beat them. Then they had a little stretch of three, three games that weren't that good. I'd be really careful about judging a team based on three games. And I said this at the beginning of the year about the Leafs. I think this year for the Leafs is going to be about the beginning, the middle, and the beginning. Now let me explain. The beginning of this season is, you know, you're, you're trying to, you know that what's going to matter is playoffs. So what you're going to try to do in the beginning is build, try to get into, uh, you know, the areas of your game that need improving, try to build on the things that are good. And that's going to get you to the middle. And now the middle is going to give Kyle Dubas a real good sense of where he's at and what the team may need or and, and to improve. And it's no different than the Tampa Bay Lightning after they lost that four-game series to Columbus after winning 60-plus games. And they knew they had to get to the playoffs next year, but that beginning got to the middle, which allowed Julian breeze to acquire Blake Coleman, Barkley Goodrell, and move forward to really give them a, a greater strength to compete for a cup. And I think that's where the Leafs find themselves, which will ultimately... As they get through the middle, and whatever Kyle does based on what he's seen will now help them for their new beginning. That's where I'm at with the Toronto Maple Leafs. My level of concern for the Toronto Maple Leafs is just about zero. I'm not, I I, want to see where they're at. I think there's too much overreaction. I think there's I think there's overreaction positively when things are going well for the lease and negatively when they're not. So if, if if that's reassuring, well then that's great, Al. If it's not reassuring, I can't do anything about it. But that just, that, that, that's part of being a Maple Leafs fan. There may be nothing that can reassure you outside of a Stanley Cup.
1: That that's pretty much where we're at now. But no, it is very reassuring. It's uh, and it it's, it gives a. A little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel for us us frustrated Leafs fans.
0: (laughs) So you think Craig, that Kyle will, what do do you think, what kind of moves do you think he'll, he'll
2: be, he'll pull here in the middle of the season? Well, you know, I think that he'll probably be looking at at adding a defenseman that can play, you know, you know, some different roles, some, some bigger minutes, right? You think about, again, I'll go back to Tampa Bay. They added David Savard last year. That was a, like, you know, you add that type of a defenseman, you know, to have those types of defensemen, you don't need a frontline defenseman. You you need somebody that can play those minutes. I also think, I don't think he needs skill. He he tried to do it last year. He looked at his team and he said, okay, we we, we, we need Nick Foligno. We could use a Riley Nash. Now, Nick was hurt. Riley was hurt, you know, and, and that's unfortunate for them and for the Leafs. They signed Nick Ritchie. They signed Andre Kasha. They signed David Cobb. They're being evaluated. There's no guarantee that they're going to be here at the deadline. So you you start with the beginning, see what they can add, and and, and maybe they can and contribute. And if not, you start to look in those areas of your team to try to strengthen it. Much like Coleman being added to the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning and Barkley Goudreau being added to the Tampa Bay Lightning, what Kyle tried to do last year with uh, Nash and and Foligno. I, I see the similar type building that depth, that ability to be more difficult to play against deeper into your lineup. Everybody knows that Matthew's hard to play against, but if you manage that and you get down deeper in the lineup, what's going to give you an advantage? So that that that's how I see it at this point in time, Natasha.
0: They need a few more Jason Spezzas, in my opinion. <laughs> my favorite leaf, actually. He's just right. Like he... <laughs> He shouldn't be the one scoring goals, but he's in there half the time trying to score the big goal when you have this roster of these million-dollar, these other superstars, and yet there's Jason Spetsa mucking it up, trying to score clutch well, goals. I think I'm a I, big
2: I, fan. Well, and I, I, I am too, and, and and I think the way Jason – you know, has uh, demonstrated his love for playing for the Leafs, yes. the joy he gets from playing for the Leafs, and, and his undying determination to make a difference. He's not the same player he once was. But if you ask, if you if you look at a player and you say, he's given you everything he has, that, that that is Jason Spezza. And and that's what, you know, when you asked me earlier about Daryl Sutter and the Calgary Flames, that's what I think that every player needs to be able to say. And I'll, I'll go to Toronto are you given the very best of what you have? Al, to your point, you know, you know they're not scoring. Well, and, and I know that we can look at process and, you know, the luck will turn and everything. Just make sure that at the end of every game, you're saying, I did everything I could to score. I did everything to be at my best. And to your point, Natasha, I don't think Jason Spetz ever has to shake his head and go, no, I fell short. And right. that good teams know that they have everybody that can answer that question with a a, a real strong yes at the the end of a game.
0: A quick one about Montreal. We knew it was going to be a tough start for them. No Weber, no Price. But do their struggles go deeper than just
2: missing those players? I think it does. You know, Carey Price, we know how good he is. Shea Weber, we know how good he is. They're missing Philip Denno. They're missing Joel Edmondson, who's hurt. The nose is gone. Corey Perry left. Paul Byron's out of the lineup. I just named six players that have a real impact on that team and on the group, both on the ice and with their voices. I mean, you're sitting in a, you're sitting in between periods and things aren't going right, you know, and you have somebody like Carey Price go listen, just calm down. I got this. Shea Weber, here's what we got to do. Philip Deneau, I got, get me out there the first shift of the second period. I'm going head to head with whoever the other team's best player is. You know, it takes time to, for players to get comfortable expressing themselves and having that voice, that voice of leadership. The six players I just named are all not only really, really good players in different ways contributing. I mean, they're also really credible leadership voices. (laughs) And I think that, you know, you you know, they're out of the lineup, but allowing players to be comfortable and also letting the players grow. Now, when you start out one and six and you get to be two and six or whatever, you know, the patience can run thin, right? But you you don't just snap your fingers and say, okay, you you take charge here. So if Mark Bergevin may very well have to be looking at adding – you know, just a little bit more experience with respect to. Hey, I can come. I can come in there like Joel Edmondson. He's, he's not a. He's not an all-star defenseman, but he won a Stanley Cup. He's assertive. He's strong. He's confident in his own play, and so he can say, "Hey, here's how we're going to play." I think Ben Chirac's really good. I think Jeff Petrie's really good, but they're looking around and going, okay, who else? Nick Suzuki, Caulfield, they're still young players. Yeah. And I think it'll, I think it'll, it'll take some time. So if I was looking at trying to add something in there, it would be along the lines of of those types of people that can come in and, and be reassuring, not just with their play, but with their voices. Good point by you.
0: Okay. Last one for you, because I don't want to take up too much time. We want you to come back eventually. So I'm just curious. What do you think is more surprising? The fact that the Sabres are five, one and one out of the gate, or that Chris Tanev has six goals, which is two more than Leon Draisaitl?
2: Well, I think the surprising part has to be that Tanf has more goals than Drysail. Okay, <laughs> like, you know because you know Tanf gets lots of chances, but he's one of those players that probably needs a hundred chances to score five goals, right? And I'm not, I mean, that that's just granted. right? So you know, and, and and Leon who who scored fifty in this league and won a scoring championship and a hard trophy, that would be more surprising to me. It would be surprising if, if if Tanf had six goals right and dry saddle had eight but the fact that Tanif has more than dry saddle yeah I would say that's surprising but and, and the Buffalo Sabres I think they've been full full marks for their five one record at this point in time I think Don granado has gone in and done a really good job we talk about coaching when he took over last year I, I could see a real difference in there in, in, in the way the team played and the way that they played together, what I like to call the, you know, the esprit de corps and and, and they played together and they played with purpose and they played with a real determination. Are, are they a talented team that's going to go and win the Stanley Cup? No, I don't feel that way. I don't think they're thinking that way. But when you watch a, a coach and, and a team and players, you know, play to the best of their abilities, you get good results. And I think that's where Buffalo finds themselves. Well, marks to them,
0: absolutely. It's been fun to watch them. Chris Tanev, have you seen the uh, Chris Tanev cam they have now in Seattle, where you make that weird face, like he the, made the, Brandon,
2: the Brandon, the Brandon, the Brandon Tanev.
0: Sorry, yeah, Michael, I'm calling him Chris. Yes, Brandon, that that yeah. cam. Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. Well, it, it's so funny, right? Like you know, you know, you mean that the whole face, that whole thing with the eyes. I mean, it's become yeah. like I don't know if you saw, but the Chicago Steel in the USHL. all their players this year and their team picture and their, in their individual team pictures all did the Brandon (laughs) Tanner. So his, his impact is far and wide and people are paying attention. Right. And you know, now it's a fun thing, right. When he first did it, it was accidental. It was totally accidental, but I I love the fact that Brandon can have fun with himself. I, I, I just, I think, you know, Natasha, we've worked together, we worked together for a long time. And, you know, we talk about sports is fun. It should be fun. You know, it should and, and so much of the time we, we get like, everybody gets too knotted up. Right? Right. You know what, like, oh, yeah. boy, like, I, I, people ask me about the dress code. Like, you know what? Like, if you're gonna come in in dirty, torn shoes and ratty T-shirt, and like, that's not the way. But you want to wear your own style and everything. Like, who cares? Like, yeah. be yourself. But like, oh my, oh we can't have this, we can't have that, and everybody's so uppity and everything. Like, let's just let the personalities come out, and let's let like, let people be themselves. That doesn't mean you're sloppy. But personal right. style is 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 individual. Well, Craig,
0: you were one of the most stylish Worked with that. <laughs> yes. Hands down. The, the paisley, the, the patterns going, and the colors, you always pull it off. And I'm not
2: just saying that because you're saying, <laughs> Do you know what they would call that, Al? I, I was leading the witness.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you do it expertly. Well done.
2: Look, look at your shirt right now. It's very cool. Like, the color, like the color. It's, you have great style, Craig. Seriously. Thank you, Natasha. Coming from you, for, you have fantastic style and you know no you do i mean i i mean i was I, like i said i was lucky to uh to to see so many people with great style and you're mind up so when you tell me i have that style i, I take that as a as a very very valued compliment there you go all right well we will get
0: you out on that note how about with your okay. style thank you so much for doing this um how's the weekend looking anything fun going on are you gonna go hiking snow no,
2: no hiking no no this is this is the worst time trick-or-treating no, no, no trick-or-treating now. I was never a big trick-or-treater. Honestly, I wasn't. I liked the whole idea and everything. But I will tell you this, okay? This is not a good time to hike. No. Number one, it, it, there's snow, there's wet, and the yep. bears are trying to find their dens. <laughs> <laughs> okay you You gotta be yeah yeah oh yeah you gotta be you gotta be very cognizant of that right like you know like so this time of the year they're trying to find their dens it's really important and in the spring when they're coming out of their dens you better be careful as well yeah these (laughs) are hungry no because i've been a city girl lately as you know so i gotta
0: get (laughs) back into this the wilderness culture out here and and start paying attention to things like bears so
2: yeah well i mean the bears don't want anything to do with humans you know, no. so keep that in mind. But so you know, when we have to, when we look and we have to respect, uh, you know, their habitat, right? I'm just saying, like you know, as much as you know, I love the mountains and we love being in the mountains. But mm-hmm. no, even if it was beautiful, those bears are trying to find their their winter den. We will let them do their thing. Yes. Okay, Craig,
0: thank you so much for doing this. Uh, it's been it's a pleasure as always. Nice to see your face, and we will do this again soon, hopefully.
2: Well, you don't have to hope whenever you ask, you count on me participating.
0: Amazing. Friend of the show. Thanks, Craig. Yeah, thanks. Okay, Craig Button. Um, man, what a star to have on the podcast. I'm so glad he was here. He's such a great guy. And uh, I, what he was saying about uh, just having fun. It made me think about Seattle with like the, the brand antenna stuff, the face he was making. And now I think they throw salmon over the glass during the first intermission or something. Like <laughs> a good job at keeping things fun and light. Definitely. I mean, Vegas has, uh, and I like that. You got to keep the game fun, not so serious all the time.
1: Absolutely, and what a how knowledgeable is he, right? I mean, you know, remember we were talking a couple weeks ago when you're watching Canada soccer, and Alfonso Davies is like a step ahead of everybody else. You just see there's a difference. I felt like he was he was Alfonso Davies in that conversation right there. You just kind of see he has this real kind of way to tell stories and there's passion and there's intrigue and there's knowledge and there's stats and there's everything else. Wow. He's a real professional. It's fun. And the whole beginning, middle beginning least right. thing really gave me a, a little bit of hope, a little glimmer, a little glimmer of hope. So that was I amazing. It. it was really good to hear from him.
0: I liked that too. because And he's right. Everybody, they overreact positively and negatively. You just got to stay the course sometimes. I think, I think your lease will be fine too. So, uh, so thanks again for having Craig on. Um, yeah, I can't wait to have him back But in the meantime I will be watching the Chargers And Patriots intently this weekend and, Nice, uh, me we'll too We'll see how it goes
1: Sounds good, have a uh, have a wonderful weekend Enjoy the, enjoy the you. snow You and, as well. Uh, we'll, well Hopefully not yet, but not we'll see you again snow, but
0: the weekend. <laughs> Happy Halloween to you
1: Happy Halloween to you as well
0: you're listening to the Oh Come On Sports Podcast with me, Natasha Come on!